The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. The Ireland Norway game that is taking place at the Aviva uh, tonight. Uh, there's going to be live coverage of it on off the ball kickoff itself is at seven forty five. And Nathan Murphy is there for us. Uh, Nathan, I'm not sure if you saw the ad on RT television, but it was kind of a, a joke ad where they said uh, Republic of Ireland were going to be taking on Erling Haaland and ten other guys from Norway. Turns out it's just 11 other guys from Norway. It certainly is. Uh, a lot of disappointment children around the country, I suspect, when the news came through earlier in the week. I know in my house, the 9 and 10-year-olds suddenly went a bit quieter and weren't as eager to come along to this evening's game when Erling Haaland, who is the superstar of world football, was unfortunately ruled out of the match. He was, without question, uh, the main draw for this evening. Though somewhat insulting, I would say, to Martin Odegaard, that ad. Martin Odegaard, who scored twice for Arsenal, who is captain to the top of the Premier League this season, that has been a Exceptional. He'll be in the Norway side this evening. It is a good Norway team, but uh, they, like Ireland, aren't heading to the World Cup. And I don't think there's any question that Erling Haaland is the best player not heading to the World Cup. Where is the jury then on Stephen Kenny at the moment? Oh, where is it ever? Uh, out, I think, uh, on Stephen <laughs> Kenny. Uh, we're heading into a European Championship campaign for Euro 2024 next year, which ahead of the draw, everyone would have said... Uh, results it's all about results it's not about developing players anymore it's not about a style of football it's all about getting results and then Ireland end up drawn against France Netherlands and Greece and suddenly people are thinking well maybe it's not about the results it's about the performances and making sure that if Ireland end up in a playoff that they're in the best position possible there I think he still needs performances and victories. This will be the last home game before France come to Dublin in March for the opening Euro qualifier. It all would have been so different if Ireland didn't have that two minutes of madness against Armenia where they look very comfortable. They were cruising to victory in their last Nations League game and almost, almost threw it away only for that last gasp, Robbie Brady goal. And those last two games sort of sum it up for Stephen Kenny. Uh, a defeat against Scotland that they got a lot of credit for where they played quite well for long periods and then a victory. So they got the result against Armenia but took a huge amount of stick for the way that they almost blew it. So I think Stephen Kenny can't afford too many huge slip-ups. You come into this game tonight and the match against Malta and think he has his contract, he is pretty much bulletproof, but I just feel constantly that he's in a scrap. And if tonight was to go wrong, and even then if they were to go to Malta and it was to be a struggle there, he'd be going into 2023 with a real cloud over him. He needs results, he needs momentum. So, so that, that you suspect would be his approach to this game. It's not going to be a massive amount of experimentation. No, not tonight anyways. I think there's an expectation that several players may not travel to Malta for the game on Sunday, several of the more experienced players. But he said he's going to go out with a strong team this evening. Uh, he's missing a couple of players from last time. Jason Knight is playing in League One, so Derby didn't have to release him and didn't release him. Troy Parrott is out injured. Uh, so we'll have a couple of changes at the very least. But I would expect we'll see the likes of Matt Doherty start again. John Egan will be at the back alongside Nathan Collins, Gavin Bazunu in goal. I just saw Keith Andrews, the assistant manager, having a word with Callum O'Dowda, who's a player who was a big favourite of Martin O'Neill, but hasn't really featured over the last couple of years for various reasons. So maybe there's an opportunity for Callum O'Dowda in one of those three attacking positions. But I think this is a good Norway side who've underperformed over the last couple of years, but who are going to be a factor because of the brilliance and genius of Erling Haaland over the next few years. So Stephen Kenny knows that a night like this can get away from you quite quickly. Mm. He needs 
to make sure they get some level of performance. And again, they're expecting a big crowd. Like the attendances that Ireland have been getting have been remarkable. Uh, up on 47,000 tickets sold for this evening's game. I'm not sure we'll quite get that in here. It's absolutely bitterly cold and a bitterly foggy night as well. Uh, but Ireland will need to turn up with something. Uh, to give these supporters to get behind. Well, what is their their relative place in in terms of world rankings? I mean, for people who, you know who wouldn't be following uh, uh, international football as closely as you, they just know maybe they're both not at the World Cup. But who is better than who? Well, uh, Norway, since Haaland has emerged really over the last year, results have started to turn. Uh, they blew it in their qualification campaign. They were in a difficult group alongside the Netherlands and Turkey. Uh, they suffered a home defeat to Turkey and were beaten last in their last match by the Netherlands, which really cost them their place. But they didn't top their group in the Nations League. You know, we've criticised Ireland. Stephen Kenny said Ireland were going to be promoted in the Nations League. It didn't happen. They ended up coming second in that group behind Serbia. So they have a calibre of player at the very top in Haaland and Odegaard that Ireland are dying for right now because you know at international football one or two players can elevate you to a whole other level it would be a massive shock if they didn't qualify for Euro 2024 but I think without Haaland tonight and it's been that strange stage where all these players just probably want a bit of a break over the winter and take that break before the Premier mm. League returns uh, that you know it's a fr- friendlies are a rare thing in international football now because of the Nations League so I don't know whether we'll get full 90 minutes of rip-roaring action I think tonight there won't be a huge amount between the two teams Yeah, You mentioned the World Cup the fact that neither team are there I want to ask you in a moment about about it but it's kind of strange in a World Cup week that the, the biggest footballing story isn't the World Cup it's Cristiano Ronaldo and we saw that the, the first part of that interview last night I mean I suppose so much of it had been leaked uh, that there was no great surprise really in what we heard last night was there? No there wasn't I don't think Cristiano Ronaldo would have it any other way on a week like this that when we should be talking about the World Cup for good or bad everybody is talking about Cristiano Ronaldo and I think a lot of Manchester United supporters are somewhat conflicted in that a lot of what he has said is true about how the club has stagnated and behind the scenes how they haven't kept up with the very best in the world and that falls on the door of the owners who haven't put the investment in away from the on the pitch signings they've made Old Trafford in a way is falling apart it's nowhere near the best stadium in the world right now the training ground isn't one of the best in world football so everybody needs to take that on board but there's a way of doing it and the way Cristiano Ronaldo has done this is so self-serving it is all about him and how he is affected and it's impossible to see him finding a way back to Manchester United they've been taking his picture off uh, Old Trafford and all the various advertisements around which you know I'm sure kills the Glazers because he is such a global marketing icon uh, like what, what conceivably can Manchester United do? I know they were kind of very reluctant to, to say anything officially uh, earlier in the week. Have they said anything official no, since? No. I think uh, I suspect we'll hear something from them tomorrow. It seems they wanted to see the two interviews in full before they made a comment. It's very difficult to know what they do because Cristiano Ronaldo wanted to leave during the summer. Manchester United by all accounts were happy for him to leave but they couldn't find a club to take of him because he's on such astronomical wages up on half a million pounds a week so where does he go uh, it, will he take a pay cut and go to the MLS will Manchester United pay some of his wages just to get rid of him is there a possibility he goes to the Middle East he must have some sort of an idea because like, this was you know it was uh, 
getting rid of all ties with the club. It was an absolute bombshell interview that it seems nobody at the club was expecting, considering mm. after he refused to come on, Erten Hag brought him back in, made him captain less than two weeks ago, and then as he leaves the club for the World Cup, he just drops this on everybody. So maybe Ronaldo and his agents have something working away in the background, but it doesn't feel from what happened during the summer that any of the top teams in Europe want Cristiano Ronaldo at 37 in their squad. Chelsea were an option. Their owner, Todd Bowley, an American who looks maybe a Cristiano Ronaldo in the superstar way and doesn't look at the footballer as much. Maybe he wants him as a marquee signing and maybe that's an option that would suit everybody. All right. Well, listen, as, as, as you say, a statement probably expected from Manchester United tomorrow. So I have to keep a close eye on that. Listen, before I let you go, just uh, on the World Cup, I mean... There's a sense here, maybe, that, you know, for sports washing to work, we're all meant to stop talking about the sports washing in Qatar and we're meant to start talking about the football. And that hasn't really started. But is that because we're not there? I mean, is the media, and you'd be following this much more closely, Nathan, like, does the media in other countries, have they moved on now to the football? Oh, I don't think so. I think you only have to look at the footage from the Danish reporters who were taken aside by some Qatari... Uh, I don't know where the guards are just people who are wandering around seeing what journalists are doing. We've seen uh, journalists having their phones threatened to be taken off them for taking photographs in media centres. I think every journalist who's going over there knows they're reporting on a World Cup unlike any other. And while the football will be important, that during this tournament there will be moments and flashpoints where the eyes of the world will be on Qatar and their human rights record. And sports washing hasn't worked for Qatar. I think Tommy Conlon wrote a very interesting piece in the Sunday Indo last week about sports washing because sports washing, it gives the sense that they're trying to improve their image. And I think a lot of people over the last decade when Qatar got the World Cup think that Qatar would soften their approach towards various different communities. And that hasn't been the case. In fact, for this mm. month, they're not softening their approach at all regarding alcohol, rather... Uh, public shows of affection from anybody in the gay community. They have said, these are our rules. And we saw Hugo Lloris, the France captain, saying, as many players may, he said he may not wear the rainbow armband that all the captains are wearing, that he feels when you go to another country, maybe you have to respect their views. I think that attitude will be in the minority. But I, I don't like this is not a World Cup. And it's very difficult because I think for so many of us, the World Cup is you know such a joyous, brilliant occasion that we look forward to every four years. And it's just clouded at the moment in should I enjoy this? Can I enjoy this? Can I watch the football and not think about how terrible this is in the grand scheme of the geopolitical situation at the moment? I don't know. Maybe when it gets mm. on the way, we'll get into it. But I, I don't think everything else will ever be far from the front of people's minds. All right. Well, listen, in the meantime, Ireland are taking on Norway in the Aviva uh, tonight. They're already blaring out the music in the background. As you can hear, Nathan is going to be there. Kickoff itself, 7.45 uh, live coverage on Off the Ball. And uh, Nathan Murphy, thank you very much for that. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.